Well, good morning. Uh, my name is Paul Brown. I'm an elder and I'm the chair of the missions committee here at Bethesda. And as mentioned before, we have the blessing and the honor of hearing from Freedom Works that drove from Minnesota to come and talk with us today. Uh, it is a, a ministry that we do support at Bethesda here, both with prayer and, and with uh, financial support as well. But uh, I just want to open up just with a small word of prayer. Father, we just thank you, Father God, for this um, ability to just be able to get here to South Dakota, Father God, for the safe passage. And we pray, dear Lord Jesus, that the word that you have put and instilled in our heart, Father God, and have built us up, Father God, as a living epistle that would come clear today to the body of Christ here at Bethesda. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. So, yeah, my, so my name is George Lang, so uh, better known as Brother George. And I am the executive director, but I really, that's not, that doesn't do much for me in a sense of titles, because I too came out of prison in 2006, and Fred Peterson had got support from one of our founding churches, which is Bethesda, back in 2003, and took that funding and was able to combine it with other fundings and make a safe place for a guy like me to be able to come out of prison then it would be in April of 2006. So I just celebrated my 16th year of being free, being free, yeah. Um, and as we sang worship, you know, you can't help but, you know, take a couple of them songs that I ran out of the grave, right? Christ called me out, man, I took, I took off. I was sick of that tomb. Just couldn't, that stinking old life. And I, I didn't want to be restored to my old life. I wanted to be restored to God. I wanted a different life, and he gave it to me. And it was possible because of the men and women that supported Freedom Works since 2003 here at Bethesda. So we thank you. We do. So with that said, I, I also want to say Happy Mother's Day to all the ladies in the house. And um, can't remember how it was said, but you bring so much value in the nurturing peace of it to our upbringing. And so from everybody, we, we just want to honor you and say thank you. And so now I have uh, the privilege and honor of bringing forth not only God's word, but intertwining that with our mission. And you're going to have to bear with me because whenever George has two things going on at once, it's not pretty, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> but I'm going to do my best. Um, I've lived it. So I should be able to speak it clearly. And so when I was in prison, there was a book that was opened up to me, and it was Nehemiah. And what's going to happen here, you know what, I'm just going to give you a little heads up. You're going to see a lot of pictures of destruction, and you're going to see a lot of pictures of restoration. And I'm coming out of the book of Nehemiah, chapters 1 through 3. And so I, have, I got limited time, but I want to share with you what God has spoken to me. And it started in prison. And it carried out now to when I became the executive director. Um, so I got out of, uh, out of prison in 2006, and I served in different capacities under different leaders um, at FreedomWorks. And there were six different directors after Fred, our founder, that, out of this church. There were six guys that literally got off the mark. This was the North Star, and this is the direction they were going, or whatever, but it wasn't this way. So... God's word being out of Nehemiah, and I was very passionate about this book from back in 2005 when it was introduced to me, 
There's a passage that I want to talk to, but, but, but I guess before I get there, I want to give you a little backdrop of who Nehemiah is, just a little historical content. And we start, and we look back in Chronicles and Kings, and we see the division of Israel, and we see about 40 kings, which most of which, I think 30 plus, were wicked. And that God in his love and his correction for Israel was trying to get them back on the right path, and he just couldn't get their attention. So he sent them off to Babylon. That's just a short, the skinny version of it, right? That, so now they're incarcerated, and, and he's given them a prison sentence of 70 years. And during that time, while you're incarcerated, get your stuff together, because there's going to be a day you're going to return. So that inherently, that in a rhema word, the living word, spoke to me that while I was in prison, I need to get my stuff together because I've been getting a sentence and I'm going to come out. But we're talking about the historical word right now, the logos word from the historical content, just trying to give you a picture. So when Nehemiah is the cupbearer to the king, and there, he gets a report that because they're going back to 70 years is up, that people are coming back and reporting that their city, Jerusalem, that which was the eye of God's eye, the apple of his eye, is broken down and destructed. You know, we look at the wartime that's happening today over in Ukraine. Can you imagine what that looks like? And you're coming back, most of which people were born in captivity are now coming back to rubble. And it was just, it was bad. With that said, God makes a promise. I want to go back to the mission that they got off the mission. They got off of honoring God and serving God. And I noticed that the directors before me, when I was asked to become the director, we were closing the doors of Freedom Works. They were literally, they've hired me, put me in place, except there was one board member that said, he's, he's the guy, he's the guy. And they said, well, no, he, does, he has a sixth grade education. I graduated sixth grade. Amen, amen. <laughs> so, but that's George. But I've been serving this whole time, and I got a broken heart. So collectively, we went to God, and we confessed that we've gotten off the mission. That's just where, where it comes down to. And he spoke to me in chapters 1, verse 9. But if you return to me and keep my commandments, and you will... You will oh, through those you have been scattered, where in the most remote part of heavens, I will gather them from there, and I will bring them to a place where I have chosen to cause my name to dwell. What does that mean? From a rhema content, the living word, the applicable word today. He was saying, you get back on mission, and I'm going to give you a vision. And when I give you a vision, I'm going to give you a provision to see that out. And it's never been wavering for me, because I come out of it. I come out of prison. I came out of Babylon back. So we got on point, and God brought us to this campus, as you've been seeing these pictures. And in that time, this property, which was valued, I think, at $10 million at one time, served as a senior facility, was broken down on every front. Nobody would even purchase it, except God said, this is your property. This is where I'm bringing you. So in short, the next verse I want to bring out, much as Nehemiah, he brought forth the vision of how they were going to restore the walls of Jerusalem. And I'm skipping now to Chapter 2, verses 18. And I told them how the hand of God had been favorable to me, and also about the king's words in which he had spoken to me. Then he said, Let us rise and build. So they put their hands 
to the good work. And that wasn't, so I may have led the charge to a degree, but it was the workers that came around it. And you know who the workers were back in that contents, in that historical contents, was those that were returning from captivity. So I went to the board and they said, well, George, how are you ever going to, it's millions of dollars it's going to take to restore, but where in the heck are you going to get the workers to do it? Our guys. So what I want to do right now um, is introduce one of the men that has helped us not only restore the property, but buildings are great. I mean, you've seen pictures from destruction to glory. I mean, it's just, it's fabulous. But it's not about the building. It was never about Jerusalem. It was about Jerusalem in the heart. It was about worshiping and honoring God. And so we've done the work to create, I mean, it's a lot easier doing a Bible study in a room with the lights on, right? <laughs> so it's a lot easier instead of sitting on a snowbank somewhere. So as we're bringing guys over from our old model, which we brought six guys over, today there's 150 guys and four women in a pilot program. Now we're starting to, to uh, look at reaching out to the men and women. But I haven't done it alone. Nehemiah didn't do it alone. He had faithful men also in chapter 2, he brought a few good men with him. And I brought dozens of them. And there's dozens back. We got 100 stakeholders at that campus that have poured their, their blood, sweat, and tears to be able to make this a place that they could grow in Christ. So it is, without further ado, I would like to uh, introduce Brent, if you want to come up. Brother Brent. Who is now taking the charge on leading the men in their relationship with Jesus Christ? Thanks, George. All right, my name is Brent Selge, uh, reentry and aftercare coordinator. Um, George, there is a thousand people in here. It's crazy, you're right. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, broken down walls. I was reading this morning, I was praying to God, what, give me a word, Lord. Proverbs 25, verse 28 says, a man who lacks self-control is like a wall with the city's, uh, like a man with the city walls torn down. I did not know that truth 12 years ago. Uh, in the midst of addiction, I mean, bad, bad. Um, knew I was in a, knew I was on the wrong path. I'm gonna make this brief. Um, I lost my little brother over in Iraq. I always have to tell about it. that. That was that's when I experienced loss, and I didn't know you could feel pain like that, right? Uh, taking double shots of vodka, excuse me, in my, in my townhouse, and I'm crying out to God, and that's the moment I know he answered my prayer. I know, I was like, you have to do something. That something was 10 years in prison. I got out in June of 2020, and throughout those 10 years, uh, do we have any C.S. Lewis fans in here? I'm a big C.S. Lewis fan, and, he, and God talks about, you know, God, you know, fix the shutter, you know, he, 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 Jesus says he's going to, you know, make you a mansion for him to come live in, right? Uh, well, you know, fix the sidewalk a little bit. No, he comes with the plow, and he tears it all away, right? And that's what my 10 years in prison were like. It was painful. And, I, I mean, I cried out to God so many times in that place, it's not even funny. But what did he start doing? He started rebuilding, rebuilding, rebuilding. And that rock in the chest, that strength, of walking through that, and I couldn't walk through it. I mean, he had to drag me kicking and screaming like a child a lot of times, right? And I, and, but, God, but God always gives back better, right? I get out of prison, and within six months of getting out of prison, I'm working 
with a bunch of men at Freedom Works. You can't write that story. Hallelujah. Twelve years ago, you can't, you, can't, you can't make that story up. You don't see that one coming. That is, that is the, the, you know, the, the punchline at the end or the, the climax or whatever. And uh, so what my job is, I will always tell the guys what the Bible says. I will always tell the truth. I promise you that. And I'll even say, I'm like, I know this isn't what you want to hear right now, but God has put me in this position, and I have to say this. So the way I look at my job is, one of my favorite verses is, God's word never comes back void. It will accomplish what it was meant to accomplish, right? I look at the floor. I've got 30 men on my floor, um, and it's a discipleship program. My job is to provide that safe space for God to start rebuilding those walls in those men's lives. I take it very seriously. Every one of these guys that came on this trip with us have built into Freedom Works, whether it's you know worship, whether it's um, uh, tearing down, the, you know, building up new walls, taking walls down. I mean, gardening, food shelf. I mean, each one, right? And it's just just to see that community built. But it's all Jesus. It is all Jesus all day long. And and and, and you see these men getting stronger. And then you see them going back to their families. You see them getting careers. And it's just, it's cool. I just get to sit back and none of it relies on us, right? I, it's, I plant somebody's waters and God gives the increase. That's right, that's right. And, I, and I just get to chill and watch the show. Yeah. I was sitting with my brother Andrew that's going to come up here in a second. And last night we were talking. And I, I was talking about the 12 years. And I'm like, here I am in South Dakota. <laughs> right? The, the, the hotel with my buddy Andrew. And he, I mean, God just brings them guys to me. God just brings them. They just show up. And the, like, Andrew calls me on the phone, and he's like, I just want to seek the Lord. Well, that's the right answer. Come, brother, right? And I, I said to him last night, someday you're going to look back 12 years from now, and you'll be like, man, I remember sitting in this hotel talking to this Brent guy, and he'll be talking to somebody else. The power of prayer, I don't know if anybody's got family members in addiction or trouble or just whatever, the power of prayer. My sister, I was the black sheep. I was the lost sheep. My, my sister prayed every day for 17 years. I was in addiction. And God finally answered that prayer. Uh, this is one of my guys, but he's also my friend. He's my brother. I love this man. Andrew. Thank you, sir. Thanks, dude. Okay. Hello. Congregation, beautiful building. Really happy to be here. Uh, praise God. Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. I just want to say how grateful I am for Freedom Works and their staff. Um, for everyone in here, the power of prayer got me here. I shouldn't be here. I should be dead. I was shot through my heart. Talking about the heart, Brent is one of, he's an answer to prayer. Wow, I can't believe I'm up here. Okay. This is a beautiful building. I love the accent walls. Uh, I'm going to refer to my notes now. You know, I'm just excited every day I get up. It's something new. 
I don't really know what I'm doing. And it's like, you may not know what to do, but you know what to do now. And I don't know, it's the spirit in me. My background is I grew up in Minneapolis, uh, south of Minneapolis, and uh, it wasn't like a special, incredible upbringing. I had an average suburban life, abusive stepdad, run-of-the-mill abusive, not really that bad, but uh, I used drugs to cope. Uh, I used a lot of things to cope. Ended up moving to the city. Uh, I was a delivery driver. I was shot. Somebody tried to steal my car one night, so I was shot. And uh, the bullet went through my heart and my lungs and my liver. And I wanted to say that because if God can save me and use me, he's going to use all of you too. And uh, his son Jesus, that's what it's about. I don't know what I'm talking about. It's like God's word. It's like Jesus. It's so crazy. The whole Bible is about Jesus. And once I knew that, it just gives me confidence. Like, I just want to fight for that. It gives you something to fight for. Because really in life, everything is pretty empty. You can uh, go for the physical stuff. And it's just it just doesn't mean as much. Spirituality and having brothers. All these guys are my brothers. It's so funny. When I came into Freedom Works, there was three Andrews that came in at the same time. And it's like, you gotta look for these miracles. There's miracles every day. My life is a miracle. So I use it for God. And uh, whoever, whoever can receive it, I hope they do. Um, also, Pastor Walter at Freedom Works was one of my brothers that, I mean, we were in a sober house 20 years ago and now he's the chaplain at Freedom Works. So it's like, I, I wish I wrote all these miracles down, but uh, God shows up big time. Actually, I don't think he ever leaves. I think he's here now. I think he's everywhere. So I just want to leave you guys with this. Pray for the leaders of Freedom Works. I've seen them get attacked. I mean, I love them so much, and, and I know the devil's trying to tear down what's being built. And uh, I want to leave a, with a verse... Uh, it's my favorite verse. It's Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened or dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And remember that the future is not like the past. The future is eternity. So what we do today could matter for eternity. And do like the kids. Just love each other. I've seen so much love. The kids. It's about the kids. Be more like a child. And uh, yeah, that's my hope in Jesus. Beautiful. I'm excited and good to be here again. I'm glad that uh, this podium is, um, I can see over it. It's uh, <laughs> usually a challenge. Uh, I got excited when the uh, individual, I can't remember who that was, but he said that in the first two roles are all the big people. And I thought, yes! <laughs> Made it again. Uh, so for those of you who are not fully aware of our activity, um, last evening uh, we spent some time at our home and our guys did a phenomenal job at um, sharing their heart 
uh, delivering some hope and some inspiration, but also receiving some hope and some inspiration. Uh, and so I just want to publicly uh, just give you guys a round of applause for the great work that you're doing and have done in this community. So let's give it up for them. We want to continue uh, this story of restoration. And uh, one of the things that I love about the Bible is it does a phenomenal job at um, bringing us all right to the space that we need to, to be at. Uh, I'm a firm believer that as a people, we have more in common than we have that separates us or, or that's different amongst us. And uh, it's easy for uh, us to come to South Dakota and for us to have a perception that says that um, you look at Freedom Works and, and say, oh, those guys, right? And, and for us to look at you who are uh, here at this beautiful church to say, oh, that, those individuals at Bethesda. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, uh, we have some, 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 some commonalities, right? And, and the first commonality is that there's not one of us that can stand and say that we are not in need of a Savior. Amen? Amen. Like there's a, a God-shaped hole that is in, that's present in each and every individual. And, and as my brother Andrew just talked about a second ago, everybody uh, uh, has done things to try to fill that hole. Uh, we've all taken, uh, made choices, uh, 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 engaged in activities, uh, pursued things that we thought that would satisfy us. Uh, but the reality is, is that those things made us more in need, more desperate, more empty. And so we have the commonality of knowing that we need a Savior. Amen? Amen. So uh, part of this, uh, uh, this story of restoration is, and, and uh, this word picture kind of popped in my mind, um, it's not unique, it's, it's, it's something that's pretty common, uh, is this, this, this phenomena right now, you can turn on the television, TLC and uh, Home and Garden and all this kind of stuff, you see these people who, who look at these uh, homes that are in need of, of repair, right? And, and when, they, when they pull up to it, they go, Wow, look at that wreck. It is a train wreck of a train wreck. That is the worst house I've ever seen in my life. That's the first impression. And then they say, but I see value in that property. And so then they purchase that property and they go to renovate it because um, there's an inherent value that's there. And it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of blood. It's a lot of sweat. It's a lot of tears. One of the things that I've noticed about... Uh, um, those shows in that process of restoration is that some homes uh, that they pull up to that have been neglected for 80 years need a lot of work, right? How many people can identify with that? You need a lot of work. <laughs> and then there's some homes that they pull up to that, that you go, huh, I can probably move in there and still need some work, but not as much work as the, the one that needs a lot of work. That's a word picture and a snapshot of also kind of a commonality that's happening here. Uh, some of us need more work than others, uh, but we all need work done. Amen? Amen. I want to uh, reflect real quickly here on uh, this passage of Scripture in 2 Corinthians. Uh, and uh, we're going to look at chapter 2. And I just want to uh, drive home some key points here um, that are um, important for all of us as we land the plane. Uh, but before I dive into uh, some of those key pieces, I want to just re recommend to you a couple of people. Uh, can Tyler and Tiana, can you stand up, please? Turn around and face that group. You all remember them from last year? Give them a round of applause. <laughs> 
So uh, this is uh, our newly married couple. So the last time you saw them, they, they had not yet uh, made that, that forever uh, 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 um, decision. But in December of uh, 2020, they, they, they tied the knot. And so they're exciting. We're excited about that. Uh, in the back, after our, our time together, um, they, if you want to have more information about Freedom Works, um, you can certainly uh, talk to them and they'll uh, give, they have a little competition going, I think. So Tiana's pointing to her, who's going to get the most names. Uh, you can give them your name and, and contact information and they'll be sure to make sure that we can follow up with you. You can have a seat. Thank you so much. And then the rest of the men, can you guys stand up? and turn and face the audience. Uh, so most of them have these wonderful uh, Freedom Works shirts on. I want to tell you. <laughs> After our service, you can ask them anything related to Freedom Works. Don't ask them about how to solve the Ukraine war or like, you know, what's the inflation price of whatever. Yeah, they won't have you, uh, they won't satisfy you there with that, with those answers. <laughs> All right, second oh, it's newsletter. Uh, Buck, uh, he will also be able to pass out some current newsletters that we have. And so uh, the rest of the men will have those as well. So if you want something immediately to take home with you, um, those will be available to you. We're going to do uh, the quickest uh, dance through 2 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, verses 14, uh, 3 through 11. There's some major uh, pieces that we want to just make sure that we hit on uh, because I believe it's an encouragement to all of us. Um, the first uh, uh, verse in, in, uh, that, that, that jumps out, and I'm supposed to grab this thing and be in charge of my own, is the power on? The power's on. Beautiful. Um, the first thing that I want to uh, communicate or, or just jump out you know, for us is um, verse 14. Thanks be to God who leads us in his triumph. Right. Thanks be to God uh, uh, for, for all of us who um, are in a position where we've recognized that we've had that God shaped hole. Uh, we recognize that our only answer, the only thing that satisfy is for us to lay down our lives and agree with the person and work of Jesus Christ. And then to move forward in that daily confession, that daily work, that daily sacrifice of being sanctified. Uh, the, there's a promise that's there for us and that we have victory. That God is leading us in a triumph. And if that's not you in this place, I want to encourage you that everything else ends up in an L, a loss, heartache. Get on board with what Christ is doing in your heart and mind. Amen? Amen. So then after that, thanks be to God that leads us into his triumph. Uh, the second key piece that uh, uh, he begins to speak with us about is the fact that there's an odor in the room. You smell. And the smell that you have can be offensive or the smell that you have can be attractive. But have no doubt in your mind that you smell. There should be a difference. There is a difference for you who have said yes to Christ, who have said yes to that new life. And as that verse goes on, it talks about in this restoration process and, and you being a person who is different now, standing out from, from, from the way that you used to be or the way that you used to look, uh, it's a smell of death for those people who are dying and don't know that they're dying. So what is that smell of death all about? So typically when you have something that smells of death, you're talking about something that spoils. Anybody ever uh, come upon something that is spoiling or decaying uh, or open that milk that you, know, you took a whiff of and like, oh my, right? So for whatever reason, when you get that smell, 
It's not inviting. You want to reject that. You want to uh, uh, run away from that. So uh, everyone in this room, please don't be surprised that if you've made a commitment to Christ and the stake in the ground that you've put in for your life, if that doesn't mean that you're being rejected, that you're being uh, 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 pushed away from, that, that everybody doesn't like you. It's just natural, and it's because of who Christ is and what he's doing in your heart and mind. Amen? Amen. But there's also a smell of attractiveness. There's a smell of, of connection. There's a smell that makes you kind of lean into uh, whatever it is you're walking into. So for some people, it's the smell of bread, right? That's just, a, or a cookie, right? Or, or Thanksgiving Day, like that smell of turkey. It's, it's something that kind of gets your juices rolling, and, and it brings you to a place where you want to gather together and experience community. And, and that's the kind of smell that gets me excited when I think about having an opportunity to come up here to South Dakota. Like, I get a chance to, to rub shoulders and elbows with my brothers and sisters who I'll spend eternity with. Isn't that exciting? Amen. What a wonderful smell, right? Uh, it's that, that smell of attractiveness that, uh, boy, when we pulled up to those kids' uh, 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 space ye uh, yesterday at our home, uh, I was surprised to hear a couple of kids, you know, come out the door, great big smile on their face, and they said, hey, we remember you. I was here last time you were here. And with a joy and an excitement, that's a great smell to have. So all of us, we smell if we're serious about our life with Christ, right? Uh, the second thing I want to communicate, and maybe this is the third, I'm not keeping good track. Um, we're a letter that is being read by others. Amen. The Bible says that we're a living letter. Now, you've been seeing these pictures of restoration, uh, of destruction, and then improvement because of Freedom Works. That's a living letter. It's a living testimony. Uh, these men and women who are sitting up here in the front row, uh, God has redeemed them. They're a living letter, and they're being read by you, and they were read by the young people at our home, and they're read by other people on the Freedom Works campus. They're read by their children and their uh, uh, mothers and fathers. We're living letters, but you're a living letter too. If you are a part of Bethesda, you have people all around you that are assessing and appreciating and, and seeing how you fit into God's great story for his plan that he's unveiling into creation. And there's an encouragement that's there in that every single life matters. Every single engagement matters. Every single decision matters. I don't care if you're that little cute girl with the curly hair who says, Grandpa, that was up here. <laughs> that life matters, right? Or, or if, you're, if you're like George, who like he wanted to run and dance during that song, brother, I saw you. <laughs> Thank you for sparing us. Uh, that's a living letter, right? And we're being read by others, and that matters. And so every single one of us, I don't, I don't, I don't care if you've made a, a, a thousand bad decisions or one bad decision. I don't care if you've made a thousand good decisions or just one good decision. Your life matters as you're in Christ. People are reading you, and they're coming home with the message. Amen? Amen. Finally, let's make no mistake that we're not writing our own story. Um, I got to tell you, reflecting back at uh, what I heard about this church, this church is something that has been birthed by God's spirit, right? And, and, and it's in a part of, of the great big picture of the body of Christ that says that it's not just about um, these four walls and no more. I love the fact that you have a heartbeat that says that we've got brothers and sisters throughout the United States of America and throughout the world that you have an interest in. And so um, your resources, your prayer, your engagement, it all goes to that. 
That's because the Spirit of God is writing your message. Thank you for that. Freedom Works, let's give Bethesda a round of applause for being obedient to God's Spirit. I want to truly say that without this mindset, um, a place like Freedom Works would not be. And it's a, that's, a, a, um, that's a heavy thing to say because for many people in the front row, it is life and death. Like literal life and death. Uh, there's individuals on the first two rows that if they had not had a freedom works around because of your gifts and your obedience, um, they would have expired, right? Uh, you guys have seen Buck, and, and I, I, I like to tease him a lot, but uh, when I first saw and came into contact with Buck, uh, I, did, I saw him kind of in the middle of his story. Somebody showed me a picture that I missed a year and a half prior to me showing up uh, and being around him, and he didn't look like he had too many weeks left of living. Is that right, Buck? On his way out. But because of Freedom Works and the resource that we had to be there for him, he's living, and he's an inspiration, and he's a staff member, and he's forging new ground, but that's connected to the life and the letter that you're written or writing because of God's Spirit. And then the final thing uh, related to this authored by God's Spirit, Freedom Works, is being written by God's Spirit as well. Uh, there's no way in the world that we could have moved the ball forward in the midst of COVID, financial stress and pressure, uh, natural limitations in terms of uh, like our human ingenuity and our ability. Uh, there's no way in the world that we could have been able to move forward without God's spirit being involved. And so we are happy to be a part of God's great triumph and we're happy to be uh, in partnership with you and hoping that we all can celebrate together this beautiful rhythm that the Lord is authoring and moving forward. And so thank you for your time. I want to close just a brief word of prayer. Father, thank you so much uh, for uh, having an opportunity given to us, Lord, to share here at Bethesda. Thank you for the partnership and the brother and sisterhood, Lord God, that is represented in this room. Lord, keep us faithful to your mission and your call. Um, it is, it is um, a great temptation to be pulled off course. It is a great temptation to, to abandon your truth and your word. But we ask for you to strengthen us. We ask for you to create us uh, for us, Lord, new opportunities so that more lives can be impacted. And we ask for you to give us, Lord, the ability to be faithful to you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. Like to know more about Bethesda Church, you can check us out on the web by going to our website, which is BethesdaMB.org. That's Bethesda, M as in Mary, B as in boy.org. Or check us out on Facebook by searching for Bethesda Church of Huron. Have a blessed day.